0: You're listening to The Substandard Model. Today we're going to be talking about possibly one of the best examples of why science is just so orgasmic. And possibly for some of you more casual listeners, you can understand why me and Sam care so much. What is this great example? Well... We talk about how plants reconcile infinity to produce beautiful patterns that you take for granted and possibly let die on your kitchen counter. Um, this is a fact that most people, I think, know. I know that you know. We used to talk about this when we were in Year 7. If you don't know this fact, shame on you. You've not done enough science research in your lifetime. But also, prepare to enjoy yourself i had an argument with a person in a church two days ago and this person was like 80 years old i don't know i went into a church with a friend and okay. um we were looking at we saw a donation box and it said give us money right apparently it costs 6k a year to maintain this church so like 6k a week to maintain this church i was like 6k where the fuck is that going right i don't i don't know where 6 k a week is going but somehow it's getting paid 6k a week out of donations and tax i guess, I guess. you have to
1: pay a vicar or something don't you
0: you have to 6k a week I don't know, printouts i don't know maybe roof maintenance but how can it be permanently and consistently broken so that you can give a quantitative value for the consistent weekly cost <laughs> of rebuilding the roof you I, like he, it's weird right anyway that's
1: worth having an argument about with an 80 year old man I no
0: no i didn't so he comes through and he says he's just the handyman okay and he goes so what are you guys studying at university all right oh i'm doing i'm doing physics and he's like oh physics anyway so this conversation he's no what he said was some physics up in a sentence
1: oh <laughs> no i think i know where this is going i've met people like this
0: it's not really about physics. This one. What this one is about is the the end of the conversation. I had this sort of epiphany, and I thought, why Why the fuck is physics not a creative subject?
1: Because it's hard. You have to learn a lot of maths.
0: Like, but fundamentally, it is a creative. Like the theoretical physics is about Express. being creative.
1: Okay. But I get that experimental
0: that. physics has rigor, but like maths, is, maths should be a creative. I think. Especially, I'm going to back is- this up. i'm gonna back this up especially because physics is not a true depiction of what reality is the only way to have a true depiction of what reality is is to have reality simulated again right right you make a second reality but physics is our best guess at what we think the mechanism for things are we look at the evidence and we go i think it works like this but actually the buck doesn't stop with anyone there like we're just listening to einstein and we think he's super smart but really he could just be the greatest bullshitter of all time right like it could just be a one spicy lie where he came up with space time or whatever but in reality it's something radically different right Mm -hmm. anyway going with that point Because physics is our theory, I think you can create a theory, physics is a creative subject. Going with that point, I go, okay, what is the art in physics? When do physicists really tick? And that comes in with Oppenheimer and all that stuff, where you see this giant media thing, where people get to see inside the mind of a big physicist guy, as Christopher Nolan talks to those physicists, and he appreciates the way that they view their subjects. And it's not it's not a hard number boring counting thing it's not accountancy physics is radically different and the there's a great quote from the middle of the movie i, I don't think you've seen it sam no because you've just gotten back from south america but niels bohr who's in the movie oh, says, yeah so i mean einstein's in the movie all the big physicists are in the movie really yeah it's a really good movie I don't, I don't Oppen- Heim- it, oppenheim is huge
1: I know it's big, I know, I know it's
0: I think Oppenheimer was the first to theoretically propose black holes. So he's he's like much more what? than the atomic bomb, yeah. He's a big physicist. Anyway, so that wow. Niels Bohr says Oppenheimer's like, oh, I don't want to go to Caltech, I'm not good at the math, I don't like the mass. And Neil says, that's the thing me and and have common. Neither of us like the maths. He said, Can you hear the music? Right. Right. And the most popular piece of music that Ludvig Goensen has written for this film and he's the what the composer what's the word for that he made the score score um, yeah 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 he made the score and he it, it, the music it, it's called uh i think it's called can you hear the music or hearing the music or something is the name of the famous song that everyone associates with oppenheimer right that oh background. right right that's hear the music or whatever right um and what i think Niels meant in that moment is more of a it's not about necessarily getting quantitatively what the right answer to the question is like if you get a physics question or a physics conundrum or whatever right you you it's about thinking oh it should go there kind of like if i think about how this process would work i would imagine it would end up there that's about hearing the music it's not about i have no idea where it will be so i'm going to add each little individual process and work out each little multiple and then only at the end I find where it goes and go, oh, kel I did not expect it to go there. But the has told me that it does. So therefore it does. The people who are really good at physics, are the people who just wishy washy through the whole thing and go, I think it'll go there, based on the sort of vibes of physics they've gained throughout their life. Right? Right. So physics is quite a creative subject. These are quite wishy washy people coming up with the new ideas. Like Einstein's ideas are not one initially, hard science neither was the atomic bomb neither was you know xyz like all of great science you know ex- you know advances come from a wishy-washy person going what if this was like it wouldn't it go that way right and they've visualized something in their head or they, they it's some creative imagination they've had and then they try and get the science behind it and the numbers behind it but it starts with a creative thought is why i thought it should be anyway so that's the conclusion of the conversation i had with this 80 year old man that lasted about 40 minutes in this church that costs 6k a year to repeat you know 6k a week i keep saying a year because it sounds more reasonable my fact is the science is really really pretty and one of the most textbook examples of why science is really really pretty is fibonacci numbers in flowers oh and that's nice. the one that everyone should know.
1: I love the build up to that. That was great.
0: Because, because I always say, when you look at the really complicated processes and you go, oh, well, that's just, you know, it's science. It's it's kind of lots of numbers and whatnot, but really it's a lot of moving parts. If you look at like a grandfather clock, that in itself is a work of art because of all the complicated pieces and it's very appreciable for people to go. That's really pretty. But if you look at a flower, people don't necessarily go, that's really pretty. It's only when, if you look at a tree, people don't go, wow, Yeah, yeah right. If you look at right. a tree or or a piece of a worm, a slug, if you look at a slug, you don't necessarily go, that's really pretty but is in fact us, there's a lot of us, there's a lot of not? really complicated parts just like a grandfather clock ticking away in there and only when you understand or sort of are able to visualize each of those components working in harmony do you appreciate the full resultant result of it as like a wow that is a really beautiful thing the fibonacci number with flowers things is basically i think we all know the fibonacci series it's a really famous arithmetic series where um each number subsequently in the series is the sum of the previous two numbers so i'll start with zero and then they'll do one for who knows who knows why and then after
1: somewhere
0: yeah the one and then after one you do one one again because zero plus one is one then you do two because one plus one is two then you do three because two plus one is three you get the rest you know five eight 13, 25, 21.
1: 21. Oh
0: yeah, it's 21. It is 21. So so there's a series of numbers which goes increasing in value, right? And then there's another number called the golden ratio. And the golden ratio is possibly more significant than Fibonacci in this series, but they're both in, they're related to each other. They're very, yeah, very connected. I would would prefer to call it like a golden ratio, you know, property of plants. I
1: think, yeah i think that's
0: better and i think it starts with sunflower seeds is a really common example so if you visualize a sunflower you've got this big black circle of seeds and then you've got the yellow flower going around the top and they want to get as many possible seeds onto the top surface area of the flower and actually the way that it grows because it's attached to a stem is the seeds grow in the middle and then they slowly spread outwards and their growth pattern is in a spiral pattern. So they'll make one seed, and then they'll put another seed behind it, and that'll push that one a little bit further forward, and then they'll make another seed behind that one, and that'll push them round. So you end up spiraling. And the question was, is, if you want to create the most evenly distributed seed density, because if you have the most evenly distributed seed density and you have the same size of seed for all seeds, that means you get the most seeds in the area. If you've got really uneven distribution that means you've got one seed here and then you've got like you're really trying to force some extra seeds in there and it doesn't really make yeah. sense because you're not using this area in between it's inefficient so if yes. you're doing a spiral pattern what's the most even distribution of seeds that you can achieve
1: okay well That's let's start
0: question. with you can start with 45 degrees let's say we put one seed in and then the next seed is at a 45 degree angle from the first seed in the spiral and then the seed after that's a 45 degree angle from that so you know 90 degrees and you go round and what happens is it starts as a bit of a spiral because each new seed is actually slightly further out radially Mm -hmm. because it it, you grow a seed and then it gets displaced as the new seed comes in and then it gets displaced as the new seed comes in and that's where the spiral goes yeah okay but if you start with a 45 degree angle you get 45 degrees and you get one and one and you get 90 What happens is it Mm. starts looking like a spiral for the smaller seed numbers which works because that's a pretty even distribution of spiral but actually as you get to about 50 seeds you end up with just sort of radial lines that come out in a sort of cross with a cross on the top it's like a hot cross bun radial lines Mm. you lose the spiral pattern not ideal so let's say we do 50 degrees you lose the radial lines but it's not you've got big gaps in some areas if you do Seventy degrees, you lose the radial lines as well. Can, Sam, can you think of a way of the radial lines result from when the first seed is here, the next seed's forty five degrees, next seed along is ninety degrees, and you know you go all the way round and then you get to three hundred and sixty degrees because forty five degrees is a factor of three hundred and sixty degrees, so it's okay. a repeating pattern, so you know after okay. after eight times you'll end up with the first one again. You'll end right. up with a seed that stacks behind the first seed that was planted, oh. which is where these lines of these rows of seeds come from, and then the big gaps in between the rows. So, can you think of a way of having an angle? And it's a type of number that I'm looking for in an answer here. What type of number can you use such that you will never have a seed stacking in a row behind the next one so you don't end up with big gaps in between?
1: So, you don't want your angle to be. A whole number ratio of another number because then it'll eventually line up so you want an irrational number i'm guessing right
0: i mean that was a lovely answer you just went in straight with the definition of an irrational number an irrational number is a number that you can't represent as a fraction as a whole number ratio between two other numbers um that's used a lot in proofs is this an irrational number so root 2 is not an ir- not a rational number and what they look like is if you were to write it as a decimal could do root two is a one point four one whatever two three five blah 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 blah. You could keep writing new and new digits to try and get closer to the actual number it is. But actually, there's an infinite number of digits behind the decimal point for the number to be true. Otherwise, you're just very close to the real number. Okay, and that means that you will never have a number that will be a ratio of the other. I mean, what you said, right? Pi is also an irrational number and in, and in fact the golden ratio is also an irrational number Bingo. so they tried it with pi they saw that you'd get a really good spiral pattern till further out and you actually in fact it's got seven arms it's it's got eight arms for the first bit of the spiral so you've got eight spiraling arms coming around each other right then for the further out you get 13 spiraling arms the further out you go which is pretty crazy so pi it's got these weird theories but the thing with having clear spiraling arms is you've got lines of seeds and you've got gaps in between the lines of seeds and where there are gaps there are inefficiencies so pi doesn't work you try root two you get the same thing spirals with gaps in between
1: so now we're not getting lines but we're getting Uh gaps
0: but when you move between certain ratios because pi is 3.1415 which means yeah. that actually, when you go round, you get f- perfect three revolutions where it comes round, comes round, comes round, meets itself again back to the start. Then you get the point one, four, one, five, you know, nine, two, whatever, right? Right. All the way to infinity. So the rational, the irrational part is actually behind the decimal place because the three is not really relevant because the three is three oh. whole rotations. Okay. So, so what, what, what pi is, is pi is. 0.1415 root 2 is 0.41 right and what you have here is irrational decimals that sit between 0 and 1 yes and as okay. you imagine yourself changing the angle between each um you know uh adjacent seed as they come between each other each adjacent seed as you change the angle um you start with an angle of 0 so that seed comes out and the other seed comes out in a line behind it and they sort of spiral in that way right Mm -hmm. and then you just get one radial line right then you change the angle and you get um 0.1 look at what that looks like 0.1415 you try the rational version you get the seven spirals then you try 0.2 you get slightly different number of spirals but maybe they're filling in some of the gaps maybe they're making more gaps in other areas and you sort of scroll the the number all the way through between zero and one in that range and at one weird number 0.618 you find them all evenly distributed in perfect concentric spirals where you can't say one line that you trace from the center outwards is, the, is a spiral and that any other route that you trace is not the real spiral. There's sort of infinite spirals, and that's the golden ratio. And it's a really weird number because it, the number of the golden ratio is 1.618, or well, one point, yeah, roughly that, right? That's really cool and the reason it's called fibonacci is that if you take a zero angle so if you imagine putting a compass those 360 degree circular was it protractors one of those 360 degree protractors over the top of your sunflower seeds as they're doing this golden ratio where they've distributed themselves all evenly in a sort of spiral way out right Mm -hmm. you put a compass and you draw the zero line across the top and then you label each one of those seeds that's on that that lies on that zero line and then you say okay well this was the first one to leave the center so this one's number one then one next to it that lies along the zero line is the second one to that left the center is also number that's number two right and obviously you know number three number four number five number six they will move away as a spiral right then it will come back around to the start and the one that's closest will be number eight and it goes around again And if you start from the center, number one sits in the center. Then number three, five, eight. And as you go out, it's the Fibonacci sequence is the order in which they arrive on the zeroth line.
1: Down. And, you know, I I don't know if you're going to mention this, but another way that they're linked. I mean, they're very linked, but the Fibonacci sequence approximates the golden ratio Mm-hmm. so the ratio of so let's say the ratio of 1 to 1 is 1, and then the ratio of the next one along is 2 to 1, and then the ratio of 3 to 2, and then the ratio of 5 to 2 and as you go more and more the ratio of one number to the one before it if you were to write it as a fraction mm-hmm. as you go further along the sequence that fraction gets closer and closer and closer and closer to the golden ratio, it'll never get there because the golden ratio can't be resisted. and do you know how that comes across in the how does that across? as
0: you get further out the distance to the zeroth angle probably gets closer because you're taking the closest one and it just so happens that it's eight or whatever. Right, exactly. The golden ratio is good in this spiral pattern because you can create a spiral pattern where something grows from the center outwards, i.e. how all plants grow from the center outwards, right? Whether that's in the ground or if it's in the, uh, you know, they, they start in an origin place and they grow away from the origin. That's how growth happens, right? So if you grow in a spiral manner, which means it's not really direction dependent. You don't have to worry about knowing where you are with respect to other stuff. You can just sort of do it on your own. Right. If you go in a spiral manner, you want to maximize the distribution of your bits. You cause you because as a plant, you need to collect stuff or spread stuff or have more stuff. So that's why they do it with sunflower seeds. That's why they do it with other leaves. Like succulents, they mm-hmm. distribute their leaves in the same thing as the golden, you know, the golden ratio. Each new leaf comes in as a golden ratio
1: angle from the previous one. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, there's another good reason with leaves as well. I mean, there's all sorts of good reasons why as a plant. So like leaves up a stem as well, they'll be oriented in the golden ratio. And that's because if you have two leaves, if you have one leaf growing here and another leaf growing right up here, that leaf's going to cover all that leaf and it's going to minimize the amount of light it's going to mm-hmm. get. So you also want to avoid as many cases as two leaves overlapping as you can. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's that's about density distribution in terms of growth, but also in, in terms of surface area from the sun as well. Mm-hmm. like this and, and that it also applies when you're growing your seed and you're just putting that where the fats are going to go with respect to some of the endosperm cells mm-hmm. and it, it's as a really
0: quick aside that i might edit out depending on how i feel later okay there's a topic in complex numbers called the roots of complex numbers and because if you have a complex number like one plus i you can find a square root for that complex number and if you draw that on an Argan diagram then you can have what what it will find itself in is uh, the angles at which it will distribute itself in the Argan diagram are the same as if you did 360 degrees divided by the, the power of the root that you're having. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a cubed root of a complex number, then you'll find that all of the roots will lie along 120 degrees with each other, right? And if your complex number has a modulus of one, oh, i.e. Right, like the radius triangle. is one, Your complex number has a modulus of one, i.e. the roots have a modulus of one, i.e. the radius is one. You'll get an equilateral triangle for a cubed root. You'll get a, you know, a regular pentagon, a regular square, a regular up to, you know, a million degrees or whatever. Right. And if you take a root, if you take an irrational root of a complex number, then you get a perfect circle because it'll never come back on itself. It'll just create a perfect circle because all the infinite possible roots... There's infinite roots if you do an irrational root of a complex number, which is a really cool thing to think about. Like, every possible thing that lies upon the modulus of that complex number, any possible combination of i and real along that modulus, if you times them together this by an irrational number um which was the initial one then you will result in the final answer which is super dope anyway so you use irrational numbers for stuff that doesn't lay on itself because if it goes around radially there's no whole multiple of times that it'll it'll lay exactly on itself so it's everywhere in nature so this is very common and they found a species of fossilized plant that just sort of stacked its leaves next to each other and didn't follow the golden ratio which is weird because previous ones that they'd found down its lineage more recent fossils did do golden ratio stuff and that's smart because of area distribution they found taxonomically that these plants way back didn't do it and in fact arranged their leaves in like straight lines or just in spirals that weren't evenly distributed Um, so the main part of the fact i guess is they discovered a point where plants realized that the golden ratio was a thing and that it was useful. I yeah, mean, people I mean
1: it gets a bit like there's also there are similar sequences which appro- approximate the golden ratio in different ways. So sometimes you don't always see Fibonacci numbers; you see Lucas numbers, which is yeah. a similar sequence that's constructed similarly. And also sometimes you see like there are ways where you can get closer and closer. Like so Lucas numbers appear a lot in gymnosperms, it's like pine cones which are like a different family of plants to stuff like flowers, which are angiosperms. Mm-hmm. And often you can see taxonomically how they're looking, they're finding different mathematical ways to try and get to the golden ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's like, but sometimes there are obviously cases where it gets weird and like, maybe there's so much sun or so much space or so much resources that you don't need to be like the golden Exactly. Ratio. Like algae just grows, doesn't give a shit. But we've they, seen...
0: You know, but algae is also so small that it's actually almost continuous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. There's lots of different things. Um, I just think it's cool that we talk about us being the opportunity for the universe to observe itself. You know, when people mention that, they go, yeah, we were, oh, like God that. created us to observe the great creation of his. And it's like, nah, because plants have discovered the golden ratio way before we did the universe is playing itself out it's doing all the wonderful beautiful stuff in and of itself if you get what i mean i yeah. and i think if you drilled into us deep enough you'd probably find golden ratio quirks in our own brain i think I people might aren't be very surprised if we're, we're not as far everything. away from artificial intelligence as we think we we literally are i mean
1: yeah sure artificial just means we made it
0: yeah some people got get really scared when considering the idea that weird there's nothing special about a human brain it is just like you every build, other piece of could, yeah you could
1: build it you could build it perfectly yeah you're good enough
0: yeah <laughs> like you are a, you there in the camera you are right. a lump of stuff like every other lump of stuff around you you're not special
1: Fibonacci numbers are easier to talk about because they link it's like bang maths and bang something that we can see and count yeah but also it's not even the near the tip of the iceberg is it it's just a nice way where we can see it
0: well i just thought it's a really nice example i mean i mean imagine what happens when you start talking about orbital resonance and really complex black hole systems
1: yeah there's no way to make a cell divide without having to use mathematics about how things distribute and liquids change and fluids move. and 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 and, and
0: yet It's all been worked out for us. Do you know what I mean? Like the cells are dividing. People Mm. get pregnant. Shit happens. It's really pretty. It's why when when you look at like wildlife photos, there's sort of an extra oomph from like standard scenery photos, but even in standard scenery photos, crystalline symmetries. I mean, the word for stuff that's pretty comes from looking at stuff that is science so
1: i think that's 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 true because when people talk about how to define art they're always talking about human experience yeah they don't talk they don't talk about it's always defined about uh expression of human creativity and i think that makes things easier but i think you can still i i feel like the appreciation of like science like i i think it's like like i know you were saying physics is a creative subject right like i don't know if i'd i think it's a beautiful subject and I think there's a level of appreciation that comes with appreciating that kind of thing. But I would say that's just—it's a different kind of that we just don't have a good enough word for it. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's slightly different from from like what it feels to be creative in an artistic sense. I wouldn't—I wouldn't say physics is a creative subject. I would just say it feels like it is because it's beautiful.
0: I'm talking about physics being a creative subject, as in the initial Eureka moments come from people coming up with ideas. I mean, physics existed initially as philosophy. Philosophy was physics, and religion was physics. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh,
1: Physics isn't just born of Eureka moments, though. A lot of the time it's like work and like a, a Eureka moment that's proven wrong and a Eureka moment that's proven wrong. And then the theory that you didn't like so much ends up being right, which then ends up being what becomes pretty because of something else. Like, you know, it's not always... It's not always the inner, like, oh, like, you know, when they saw for that last theorem, it, it was wrong, and they did it like three, four more times, and then it was right again. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not always the Eureka moment, it's actually the physics, but.
0: I do find that there are things that people enjoy looking at, and there are things that people don't. And physics is not presented from a young age as an enjoyable thing to look at. Yeah. Art really yeah. is. Music yeah. really is people love watching tv shows people love looking at explosions people love
1: i think you don't need to understand music to find it beautiful you need to understand physics to find it beautiful which is what makes it more difficult there must be another way we've got to find a way i I think it's i think it's because i think it's because you need to understand that i think that's the problem
0: Mm. which is sad sort of an elite group of people who are like
1: no, it's you know, I like get to appreciate to stuff enough. that
0: you don't, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same way that I'll never be able to appreciate, like, like I won't be able to appreciate music in a way other people can because I don't understand how. That's true. Inter- Maybe there's something I'm I'm definitely missing. In the same way that I I haven't studied. But yeah, I can still find something in it. humans it's humans, very hard to find anything in an equation if you don't know what it
0: means. Here's an interesting concept. Humans are inbuilt with the ability to understand music to a high enough level that they can enjoy it. We talked about that in the music episode where, you know, we've got reasons why potentially we're interested in music. But our grasp of physics doesn't really end much further than balls naturally, right? Like throwing balls right. in the air, right? That's our grasp of physics. I can play football without knowing physics but really I can't look at a black hole and you know negotiate that so maybe we need to do some gene editing You're listening to the substandard model